Hello and welcome to the Point in Progress podcast, episode 13, your one-stop shop for news recommendations and some spicy takes. Join five friends across three time zones in two countries every week as we discuss all the things we love while still thinking critically about them. I'm your host for this week's live. Welcome to the show. So great to have you. As we jump in to our checkpoint today, we have a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, Mario and I recently recorded a new show that will be posting hopefully Thursday. (laughs) I'm saying that on the podcast (laughs) so that we have to get it done. (laughs) And TBD on the name, but I'm really excited for this new format. Hopefully you'll see some more content coming out in a similar style. It's really great. We talk about all things Don't Nod, especially Tell Me Why and Twin Mirror. It's a really great conversation, so please be on the lookout for that when that posts. On that note, we're just going to jump right into what we've been playing this week. So Mario, other than Tell Me Why, what have you been playing? Uh, I have been dabbling. I've only played it for like an hour and some change, and I think I think Frank might have even beaten it by now. But I played a little bit of Resident Evil uh, Village, aka Resident Evil Eight, aka Biohazard Village. Uh, so uh, so far, it's giving me the spooks. It's giving me scaries. Uh, Ethan Winter still sucks, but I'm ready to go for it. You know, he's got like probably the worst dialogue delivery in any video game that I played ever. But I'm excited for everything else that I've seen. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, I mean, Ethan well, Winter sucked in the first game. He sucks. Honestly. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. He's the weirdest inquisitive person of like I've ever seen in a game where it's just sort of like, why does this crazy shit happen to me? Like he says the dumb shit out loud when he should just keep it in his dumb head. Um, but otherwise, uh, I've uh, been playing that game. I have been dabbling in Doom Eternal on the Series S, which is actually looks pretty sweet. And uh, that's really been it. I, I have I've been sort of sporadic. I have been, of course, watching uh, something with everybody here, but we'll talk about that. Uh, I guess somebody else will pick it. So I'll let someone else take that. All right. On that note, Frank, you want to jump in on your thoughts on Resident Evil 8? So far, I like it a lot. Um, it definitely takes the RE4 like kind of format and definitely expands on, on it in a more first-person way. Um, I don't agree with the Ethan Winters thing. Um, he has some pretty good dialogue. Maybe you just haven't got to it yet. I'm trying to think of where you are. And there's a very cool scene. He, there's, there's a very cool scene where he, like, he... Yeah, he says things out loud, but, like, people complain that he wasn't talking enough in the fir- in Resident Evil 7, so he says a lot more things now. But he definitely has a lot more emotion to his voice, a lot more, like... Like, uh, there's one scene where he's just like, damn it, why does this keep happening to me? Like, dude, like, he's, he's, he's going through it. You can definitely feel that he's, uh, he's a little sad about what's going on. Um, the gunplay is really fun. Uh, I think some characters are a little bit bullet spongy, but I think that's just because of difficulty. And, uh, yeah, the sisters are absolutely fucking terrifying. Uh, Dimitrescu is not really all that terrifying all that at all um mainly just because we've memed on her for so long at this point but uh the sisters on the other hand are absolutely fucking nightmare fuel and you will see <laughs> you will see that i thought it was gonna be like oh dude hot vampire girls yeah and it's like no dude they're fucking creepy they're so goddamn scary um but yeah i've gotten through five hours four to five hours of the game um 
yeah, I've, had, I've so far having fun. Um, the only thing I don't like is the upgrade system because it, unlike RE4, it just doesn't feel like I'm tangibly doing anything uh, to the upgrade system. Um, but other than that, I've been playing GTA with Fee uh, and Dustin and Redon and hopefully Doc Brooks soon. We've been trying to we're trying to get her to play. Uh, I've also been playing Sniper Contracts. Don't play it; it's not actually that good. Uh, and Saints Row: Get Out of Hell, which was. For some reason, Omega levels of fun. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. Also, Thank we you can't see been... your screen, Mario. Oh, <laughs> Fee, you've also been on that GTA hype. How's that been going? I have, I have. It's been a lot of fun. Um, learned a lot. Um, learned how to kill a man. Always <laughs> important. Taught from the best. <laughs> exactly um so i've been learning um i've been frustrating the guys by not being able to drive properly um because i try to somewhat follow the like actual like driving rules and then all of a sudden like frank just yells at me and is just like why are you driving like this and i'm like oh yeah she so, drives it um, like an erratic maniac and there was at one point where i'm like fee if you drive into a pole, the pole doesn't move. It is, isn't fucking Harry Potter, okay? It's a physical object. Your car won't just magically go yeah. through the pole. I just want to say, I thought there was space between the car and the pole, and apparently there wasn't, and so to I... To be fair, in a, lot of play, in a lot of games, when you go through a pole, the pole breaks. True. In a lot of games. Not if, it's, not if it's a concrete fucking pole. We're talking about GTA logic here, where I see people <laughs> flying through the air... And like somehow landing on something and not dying. True. We can't put logic into this. But we also are talking about a Jeep. Yeah. Going into a concrete pole. Well, I'm just also upset because everyone keeps on blowing up my cars. Yeah. Thank God it's free. Because the amount of times that like in the past 24 hours I've had to like replace my cars is absolutely atrocious. Um, But it's been a lot of fun. Um, Spent a lot of time creating my character and a lot of time shopping for my character so much shopping because i've been i've been like watching you guys play a little bit and i i think like 90 percent of what i've seen is shopping and the other Valid. one the other 10 percent has been gambling so yeah i haven't <laughs> been able to your... do that for a year so i get it we got to get it out somehow right yeah so i've spent way too much money in that game on shopping but yeah i've been playing that been playing a little bit of overwatch mostly by myself because everyone has jumped the overwatch train for now at least in our immediate group so i play every so often get really upset that i'm playing with randoms i told her i would play with her like like two days ago it's while true. we were working and, then, and then, yeah and then she started doing something else like all right well you know what <laughs> yeah, fuck me i guess that. right to be fair we're waiting for exactly. the events to happen like overwatch off event season's not really all that fun all i'm hearing is i give up so there's that <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to play. <laughs> well, said, nah, dude, I'm just... good. To be fair, Man, to see, I... last week, I mean, you had some tactical difficulties, right? Like nothing worked on your end. You would just, yeah, you would talk, but nothing would come out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was weird. weird. And my mouth, were like, it felt like I like, like I like I lost some bones in my jaw or something yeah, like that. You were so, moving, like... you were moving like Jello. It was, a yeah, weird. it was, it was, it was weird. <laughs> but like, you know what? It, it's been a week. I grew them back. So now we're all good. Nice. Now, now I have, nice. yeah, now, yeah. yeah. Well, there's with that. And then I've also been playing Papers, Please. Oh my is... God. Okay. I, okay. You're talking, you're talking <laughs> about Papers, Please. And I want to say something about this game. Well, first of all, need to start off by saying glory to Ostroska 
Um, you play as a border patrol person and you have to look at people's papers and allow them into Ostroska or you deny them. Um, and it's a lot of fun. You like, it gets gradually more and more difficult. Um, the one that I've been playing recently, because I have played through the game, I think twice is the endless mode. So you just play up until you fuck up too much. And then that's the end of the day. Um, so yeah, Harv has been watching me play that. Honestly, as she's playing it, I'm legit thinking of just buying it and just playing it on stream. Because this game seems like so, like, it just seems so much fun of just like, I like being on the other end of denying people entry to a country, you know? (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, Harv. I didn't think you were going to go there, but you went there, man. You fucking went there. And I'm glad you did. I mean, I've I've gotten denied to go to the United States a couple of times, so that's why I wanted to be there. So, oh I love God. that for you. Um, Reclaim that power. <laughs> but like, no, like, but seriously, this this uh this game seems like it's just so real. It seems relaxing. And I was sitting there working while she was playing, and it was just like, I was just one of the times she fucked up hard. She fucked up hard. She's just <laughs> yeah, like you let a nuke not, into the country. This is not a new. This is not a wanted person. Like, oh, she's like, this looks like a wanted person. It's like. This is a complete different of what you see on the picture as you see as your wanted thing. She's like, no, no, it's gotta be that. No, okay, and, and okay. Not matched off that like seven times. Okay, I just like let me just set this record straight. Is sometimes the artwork in the game it looks a little bit skewed, and so I'm like, okay, maybe it's this particular character because the hair was a little bit different. Because the people who have like their hair up in a bun or hair up in a mohawk, it's like doesn't actually show that in their identification photo. So I wanted to make sure by checking not only their standardized passport, but their like what is it? Their ID card because they were a um Ostroska citizen. And so I wanted to make sure of that. And did I check it one too many times? Maybe. But you know what? Sometimes it's better to double check. It's not timed. Yeah, it's not time. It's a great, it's a great game. If you want yeah. some chill times and just like when you want to play something, it's really, really fun. I just want to tell you right now, Harv, the regular game is timed. Oh, oh no, I figured that. I figured that. Okay, I just wanted to make sure you knew that before you thought that you could just dilly dally like I do when I play the game because I walked away for like four hours at one point. <laughs> no, I know, I know, but your stream was up. So for like four actual hours. border control, got it? <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guy yeah, the person just waiting there, just like oh, waiting yeah. for hours. Like, where's fucking? I want to. I go uh-huh. see my family. Yeah. No, I I definitely denied a lot of people, and I detained them as well. So that's a whole other thing that we won't talk about. Be really pulling out all the stops over there. <laughs> well, Harv, do you want to talk about what you've been playing, or do you want to jump into what you guys have been watching lately? Uh, so I've been playing uh, Overwatch with, which is obviously just it's a it's a it's a progressive thing it just kind of happens now at this point mm-hmm. um i've been playing uh a game that is not sh- that should not be named it's like voldemort to us apparently um i, I went jumped back into sekiro for a little bit to do some speed runs the only reason i did that was because of village to come out i was waiting for village to come out so now that village is out i'm going to take a break off that again and then i'm going to play so i'm playing village tonight uh for the for the first time i'm really really excited and as a group, we were watching The Circle mm-hmm. as a group. Yeah, we have. And so I was not watching this. Tell me yeah. about The Circle. 
this is a weird fucking show, but it's it's somehow because like I okay, so it was so usually on weekdays it's Fee and I in the work in like the work hangout because we work at the same time, so we're just hanging out. And she started putting on the circle, and I was like, I don't know what this is. I was shit talking it for the first episode. I was shit talking hard because like it's just like people isolated in their own room and they mm-hmm. talk to an AI, and I was like, is this her? But like in like a in a in a like a reality show method are they gonna fall in love with the circle what's happening right now uh and mm-hmm. by the time we finished the second episode i was telling Fee all my theories of what's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> and i went i went to my friend's house yesterday i went to hapro's house yesterday i went to my friends and he started watching it because his girlfriend was watching it and so then we had this discussion and it was just like Dude, everybody's watching the circle. Yeah. I just want to say that I was watching it and I was chuckling and Harv was like, What are you watching? And I'm like, I'm just watching the circle. And he's like, What's the circle? And I tried to explain it to him and he's like, uh and I'm like, Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna share my screen and you can watch it with me. And like he said, he was making fun of it the entire time, but then the second episode, he's just like Man, Chloe really needs to do X, Y, and Z. And like <laughs> when it, how are they going to know, like, the catfish? Like, who are they? How is this going to happen? And then they're like, Trevor like Trevor needs to start acting upon this right now, or he's going to lose her, and, like, all this other stuff. And I'm like, okay, now he's invested. So, yeah. Suck him in. <coughs> and then we had a big viewing party with, like, we seven did. of us watching the finale. Yeah. yeah. And I do want to oh, yeah. say that I did get uh, Fee sucked into The Last Dance today. We got about four episodes nice. into it, and she sucked into that as well. So yeah, let's, let's fucking go. Yeah, Harv saw a little bit of my like watching sports competitiveness, and I was just like, "This bullshit." He needs to shut his mouth. This needs to happen. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? And he's just like, "Okay, you're getting way too invested." In- <laughs> oh, first of all, Jerry, like, fuck you, Jerry. Jerry Krause. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck him. Fuck Jerry Krause. I'm just like Chicago's been saying fuck Jerry Krause for years. It's yeah. just like you know what you took something that was working and was like perfect, and then you fucking decided to shit all over it by. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is great. My, my yeah. only uh, in, uh, inkling into this discourse because I was doing stuff all day was Fee was just posting pictures of presidents. Okay. <laughs> okay. And just I didn't see that. With the titling underneath it, which I'm sure the documentary. So good. Was, which I'm sure the documentary was because it was like that's who they were at the time <laughs> when these yeah. things were happening, and not because they were presidents. And I thought that was hilarious. It was so funny because like I never thought I never I never really like paid attention to it. And it feels like Obama. Why is he a former resident of Chicago? Mm. He's the president of the United States. <laughs> Like I get that at the time. I get at the time he was a resident of Chicago, but like, God forbid, just put like former resident of like Chicago president of the United States. Like, why did you put too long for a lower third? He's no longer welcome here in Chicago, apparently. Um, and then, and then they do the same shit with Bill Clinton. (laughs) Thank you, he's the governor. Because at least, like, like but the thing history is, of no, politics, and I'm like, what? That, that that can't be true. That can't be true because when they when they put in Magic Johnson, it said twelve time uh, All Star at the time. So like, you can't like he was a 12, 12, uh, yeah. 12 uh, All Star at that time. He was, he was like probably like six or seven. 
Yeah. So what you're saying is they're wavering on this on this well, template here. To be fair, yeah. they're wavering it on fans, right? And actual players. I think that's probably what the 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 way that they went about it. Yeah, let's at least be consistent though, you know? Let's sure. be consistent. Sure. Let's be consistent when we're working with this. To a anti last dance podcast. No, oh, I, I love we are. No, 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 no. I love I've never it. seen it, so I guess. The last I dance know. is arguably oh one of the Frank, best documentaries. Yeah, so one of the best so documentaries out there. And it doesn't matter. It does not matter if you do not like sports. No. Because Man. Fee does not like sports. But this is something that is just it like the shit that happens behind the scenes yeah. for them to win how many championships they did is fucking ridiculous. I also just want to say Dennis Rodman and I have the same like time priority because he got 48 hours to go to Las Vegas and I stay away for like 20 minutes and I'm gone for six hours. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. so funny when the timer was going up. She's like, oh yeah, it's just going up to 48 hours. It goes to like 70. It just she's like, what the fuck? I'm fucking dying over here. It's so funny. Yeah, no, 100 percent Oh, shout out to Dennis Rodman. I love him. Uh probably a dick. I don't know. But either way, he's so great in the documentary. I just love this documentary because it also gives them an opportunity to like be real human beings and curse at each other and say shit. Like there's a part, I don't know if you're at the part, but later. Like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird like call Michael Jordan a motherfucker at one point. <laughs> and oh, yeah. they don't curse it out. They don't block it out. We got the yeah. one where it was just like the piston. Like they were talking about the fact that the like they left like after the end. Um, yeah, so they left. Like they didn't shake the hands of the bulls. They just walked out. And Michael Jordan's like, I don't give a shit. He's just an asshole. And th- what they did was an asshole move. And it's just like doesn't matter what he said now. He like he's had time to think about it. It doesn't matter. And then he just like shit like he shook his head the entire time he was listening. Like they kept on doing like this is like a message from so and so like back and forth to people. So like like that you could see like the original the, Twitter. Yeah, the original Twitter. You can see like the like the not the I wouldn't say maybe it would be hatred that Michael Jordan had towards the Detroit Pistons. Right, like that—that that hatred felt real. I mean, they beat I mean, the shit out of each other. Yeah, when they when he was talking about Isaiah Thomas, like he's just like, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> but I learned a lot about basketball today, guys. Um, it was really great. Um, and I'm excited to see the rest it of it. One hundred percent a sport that you can just be in it for the drama and not care about the wins and losses. <laughs> well, that's what doesn't. And okay, that's one of my favorite things about it. Before I like, like, be, like, before we continue, I just want to say what Dennis Rodman made. Like, and I'm like, I don't condone like how, the majority of the things that he's done, but the fact that he says like I would like I play the game for free. It's what I, what I'm getting paid for is the drama and the bullshit that happens off the court. And this is like the interviews, the constant like having to act great, like all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know what, dude? Fair. It was funny when we were watching the first series between Chicago and Detroit, and they were just fucking manhandling Chicago. And then he's like, is this a wrestling match? What's happening right now? Dead weight at him. He jumped. Okay, the okay. I know, like the the Jordan, the Jordan maneuver, which was like keeping him on the ground, and like they are jumping on him and dead weighting. Like that's all they're doing. They're just jump in dead weight. Like they need to get on top of Jordan and just die. 
Like yeah. that's all they need to do. Yeah, if you get, if he gets in the air, that's that, that's it. By that's, the way, people will probably listening to this are like, this girl has no idea what she's talking about. Correct. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm just going by the stuff that I saw in the show and the documentary, and I know a bunch of other stuff happened. But I'm just saying it was. Very I feel like weird. we gotta talk about we gotta we have a separate thing where we gotta talk yeah, about we'll the talk last. About we gotta yeah. talk about. I can't wait till you get to the part where the documentary becomes a murder mystery documentary. And I'm so excited for when you get to that part. <laughs> I can't wait till she gets into the whole the whole baseball shit too. I, wait, I really what? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that's that's what we've been watching. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's nice. I have not touched a video game this week because I... <sighs> I ended up on Sebastian Stan TikTok and decided I wanted to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, but I hadn't, I'd seen like maybe three max MCU movies before this week. Uh, so I made a list and watched most of them <laughs> over the past week. So that's what I've been up to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you asking me uh, which ones you should watch based on Winter Sol- or Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I think I named four out of twenty-five. So, <laughs> I hope. Well, so I asked you, and then I asked my friends in the KFC group chat, and so I got a pretty decent sized list. I watched most <laughs> of the MCU movies. But especially focusing on, like, the Captain America movies and anything that would tie into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for sure. So I know I missed a bunch, but that's what I've been up to this week. But on that note, that has been the checkpoint. Um, we're, it's time to throw it over to the patch notes. So who's, who's kicking us off with this first story? That would be Fee. Fee, take it away. Hello, guys. How's it going, everybody? All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off by talking about one of the biggest announcements of this week, which was um, announcing PlayStation's new partnership with Discord, which I know we talked about a few podcasts ago where we were talking about the potential of Xbox, well, Microsoft, and Discord actually not even collaborating they were just planning on buying them out um that did not happen that fell through and instead jim ryan the president and ceo of sony interactive entertainment announced this week that they're actually coming out with a partnership with discord allowing discord on the playstation network which is awesome um i did post here specifically what he actually said in his announcement um at playstation we are consistently looking for new ways to enable players around the world to connect with one another, form new friendships and communities, and share fun experiences and lasting memories. It's in the spirit that we're excited to announce a new partnership with Discord, the communication service popularized popularized by gamers and used by more than 140 million people every month around the world. Together, our new teams are already hard at work connecting Discord and our social and gaming experience on PlayStation Network. Our goal is to bring the Discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year, allowing friends 
groups and communities to hang out, have fun, and communicate more easily while playing games together. To bring these experiences to life for our partner, um, for our players, my apologies, Sony Interactive Entertainment has made a minority investment as part of Discord's Series H round. From our very first conversation with the co-founders Jason Citron and Stan Vision. Oh my gosh. I'm Vishnevsky. Vishnevsky, I think. I think that's how you say it. There you go. I'm guessing. I'm also guessing. I don't know how to say that either. Uh, You you made it sound as perfect as it could be. Yeah, as perfect as it could be and much better than my dyslexic butt could actually say. I was inspired by their lifelong love for gaming and our team's shared passion to help bring friends and communities together in new ways. Empowering players to create communities and enjoy shared gaming experiences is at the heart of what we do. So we are beyond excited to start this journey with one of the world's most popular communication services. Um, while there's no specific ETA on when this will be released, we are looking forward to seeing what this partnership brings to the gaming community and experience. Um, um, experience. Keep an eye out on any of sort of updates. They said that they're going to be posting it on the PlayStation, Twitter, as well as the Discord if there are any updates. Uh, but yeah, that's I specifically wanted to read that out because it one was it provided all the details that essentially that they could answer at this particular point in time. And it makes me really excited because it's not so much of a buyout that we were kind of worried about when it came to Microsoft. It's more of a partnership. And we see this a lot, especially right now, between Microsoft and Bethesda. So I really appreciate the fact that PlayStation is recognizing like, hey, we're not going to take you over. All we're doing is we're creating a partnership between the two and i think that's probably for the best in overall option but what do you guys think about it yeah i know we talked about this quite in depth when there was the rumors of microsoft looking to buy out and i if i remember correctly we were all pretty much in agreement that we would rather see collaboration so mm-hmm. this is this is great news it was great to see that sony's trying to work with the folks at Discord to help enhance their yeah. platform, but not just buy it out. I, sorry, Mario, you go first. Well, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think this is probably uh, the more uh, news that I would rather have than them just being completely bought out by another company and just sort of yeah. like assumed in. I mean, for it to be Sony, Sony hasn't had a great record of taking a technology and assuming it. So I'm glad, though, it's a partnership, not necessarily them assuming like Gaikai, right? Gaikai was Mm -hmm. the basis of uh, PlayStation Now. We barely even talk about that service, even though I think we really should. Um, But yeah, so I would say that being a partnership sounds great. I just don't know how soon or how well that this partnership will be implemented this generation. I could mm-hmm. see it maybe next generation being as more of a more in-depth uh, sort of functionality because it's sort of poaching on a lot of services that PlayStation has already created. Now, granted, would it be great to have all of the functionality of Discord, like the text channels, the uh, groups, obviously, the different voice channel rooms. I mean, that would be incredible. I just don't see it being implemented anywhere near close to this generation only because they put a huge emphasis on these new groups that they created for for playstation um even if it's basic things i think but like 
as key things like how we're doing stuff like right now where we're like i'm sharing the screen right so people can actually yeah. you know you know stuff like that you know whenever we watch things like are they going to have similar functionality right on the playstation i i don't like i don't know and then how is that going to go with their um you know the h uh i can never do the proper hdcp is it the yeah, yeah, like yeah. If that's going to have yeah. an issue with you know screen sharing and stuff like that. Um, I'm just curious how it's all going to come together because, you know, whenever a company or when someone does an app version on a console, it's never like the greatest um, <laughs> other than like a streaming app, which is, you know, streaming apps for the most part. So maybe maybe I can shed a little bit more yeah, light into this it. because because what I think what they're going to do is since Discord probably has an API that they can they can take they can take particular things out of that API. So like they could take, say, uh, voice channels, or they could, like, they can ignore text channels because texting is really tough on PlayStation, right? So like maybe they'll just take the voice channels. Maybe they won't even do screen sharing. They'll just ignore that whole API right there, and they'll just do that one thing. <clears throat> In my opinion, this is an amazing thing because, because I hate PlayStation's voice shit. I hate oh, it. Oh, it's terrible. It's, yeah. it's so bad. God awful. God. And them taking it's, it, it, I just hate it because all my friends they're on PlayStation and they can't do Discord and I have to do like in game chat and like with this they, they'll have to be forced to use Discord so I win. Yeah. <laughs> I, I win. <laughs> I win. No, they'll have to. But use what Discord. did it cost? <laughs> at, at what cost? Yeah. At what cost? Sly gets um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like. This is probably one of the biggest news because, like, I so I, I wanted to Google how much Discord is worth, right? Twenty twenty one, it was evaluated at seven billion dollars, right? So their Series H uh, round that's going to be coming up soon. I think they're, I think they're going to be invest or uh, they're going to be worth about ten billion, maybe eleven, mm-hmm. at that point. So like, I don't like them making a partnership with with Sony has was probably the best news that could come out of all of this. Because, like, you're just giving Discord money. Money just, just Discord just will take the money. And they're just going to use their, their APIs for whatever they want to use. And that's it. That's really all it is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's probably the best news, especially for Discord. Because Discord will probably go public soon. They'll probably I think that's go public the, soon. I think that's one of the reasons why, they, why Microsoft, the, that, that deal didn't go through. Because at the end of the day, would you rather just take some money from Sony? Right? Sony gets a basically a early access kind of in the board meeting, you know, kind of buy-in and then they go public, make even more money, but Sony's already in there. So they already have their stakes in the company. So might yeah. as well do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Cause, cause a lot of these, cause like as, cause I work for app development, right? So I make like apps and stuff like that for my day job. And when you work with APIs, you can take particular things out of, a program and just use that. So I think they're just going to be using mostly like like the text based or not the text based the the voice stuff out of that. And then I don't think they're going to have any of the screen sharing and stuff like that because I don't think that's going to work well with PlayStation. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, right? I do have a question I, though. What what yeah. a, what certain features from Discord would you like to see through on the PlayStation? Honestly, at least for me, I would just like to be able to have the servers, you know, that I already have linked to my account so that when I want to jump in with friends, it's super easy and convenient. We can just hop into a chat, you know, just having that access and that ease of convenience. 
that's like honestly the biggest thing for me because I don't have a ton of people on like my friends list or whatever and because most of the times we're playing it's all always on discord so just having that on my console just being quick easy way to plug in would be perfect yeah i mean that's definitely the the key thing i do think that there could have been some interesting functionality with the shared train stuff but i know that sony already does that it's just no one uses it ever yeah, <laughs> like I do tend to then use it more when I'm in a group setting, and I, I uh, agree with Sly 100. I think yeah, the group setting is going to be what I keep use it for. I wouldn't mind using it specifically if I'm playing a game, right? And I'm talking to everybody in my chat, and just how like uh, earlier uh, Frank was playing Grand Theft Auto, and I could see all our faces and who's talking, right? I would love that API like that on my screen, like that. What right there. that that right there would be awesome. Have an overlay over what you're playing and having to see what what because like that helps me on PC gaming so much when I'm playing Overwatch. When I'm playing uh, Call of Duty, like Apex, I have to turn it on. But like having that option is really, really nice. But the thing is, like they could use that and just replace what they already have when it comes to uh, screen sharing. When it comes to PlayStation screen sharing, they can just take Discord's thing and be like, you know what, we're replacing our own with Discord's. Yeah, they could do that. I don't. I don't. I do think that the two things that would come out of this is the ability to join groups and a voice and maybe video capacity. So, like, if we're in a Discord group and someone's on PlayStation, they can then still join into our group as if they were on a PC. Because when you think about it, these things are just overblown PCs anyway. You know what I mean? They just run on what, like, like, I think PlayStation still runs on Linux or some shit like that? No, it runs on the same architecture as, uh, as Xbox does now. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, they're just, they're just PCs at the end of the day. So... It's not outlandish to think that they can maybe do something like just join into groups like it's a like Discord is just a normal app. And then the vo- the overlay thing is something I would love to see, like to be able to see people's names on screen and be able to like see who's talking, who's not. I don't think they would do video necessarily because it would just probably be too much of a strain on the console. But in terms of screen sharing, I think they could do screen sharing from like showing your PlayStation like gameplay on Discord for like people who are on PC. Um, mainly because they have the functionality on the phone. And if it works on a phone, yeah. it should be able to work on a $500 console, you, you think would it, think at least. You think it also would work on the yeah. console itself, too? Like, you would just have a little screen that comes up in the corner. Like, they had that. I mean, different... Like, the Xbox One had it at one point, but it was obviously a whole thing that would slide to the side, and you would be able to watch mm-hmm. things or whatever. And then even here, uh, like, even PS4 had it, where you would watch someone else play and then be like, I'm in a hard part, so... Can you do this for me? And then the controller access would actually go to the other person. Yeah. So these are all things with a, with a little do. bit of a delay. With yeah, a little with bit the, of a delay. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if they were all able to improve on it, it'd be great. But like I said, I don't know how much of this functionality will be this generation. I will see it maybe in the next one. Mm. But at least it's I, in the conversation. I, finally, I see yeah. them doing voice channels for sure in this generation. I see oh, that yeah, happening sure. next year, one hundred percent. It's yeah, all the, the other year, stuff maybe. that we all want. Yeah. Well, they said they're not going to have anything until next year, so like oh, I'm guessing, year? yeah. Oh, yep. So, so I'm guessing in 2022 they'll have at least voice stuff. And you know what? That's all I want right now. That's yeah. all I fucking want. Like yeah. the whole with all your lists and all that kind of stuff. Throw that into there. I'm okay. Like if that is what it's going to be, I would love that. But like I don't need that. I just mm-hmm. want to be able to like play with PlayStation people in Discord instead of doing yeah. that because hey, it's what, so. What? <clears throat> Sorry. What sorry. features are you looking forward to? 
Um, honestly, just like you said, having the ability to get access to the people that I currently already have on my friends list. Um, maybe they might do something like, oh God, what is the, I'm trying to think like having some sort of integrated way that you could like put in your like PlayStation code or like PlayStation thing on discord and having that like back and forth between the two. Um, and maybe even having access to like, if you're on your like computer and then you put in your PlayStation ID, like being able to like actually talk through your disc, like, I know you can do it with discord right now, but at least having like some sort of like easier access, um, and abilities to like add people who knows. Um, uh, but hopefully it makes it a lot easier to get in contact because I used to, when I played a lot more on my PlayStation, I used to always just have my phone and I'd be connected to Discord and we'd talk to friends that way because the integrated system for PlayStation sucks. It sounds terrible. And I'd rather use my actual like computer or my phone even and do it that way than to use the PlayStation system oh, when yeah. it comes to talking. On the agreeance that, like, the PlayStation party system sounds absolutely atrocious. Mm -hmm. Great. It's not great. Not great. For a, for a service that you pay Definitely money for. Definitely a, a great improvement for, you know, Sony. Discord gets the extra little money. Gets to, you know, spread out to more audiences. I think overall this is just... A great a great deal um we do have a very packed new show so looks like up next we have a little bit of a fee stadia corner mm -hmm. what's going on with stadia, stadia. huh yeah do we have a theme song play the theme song stadia <laughs> stadia it's fee stadia it's your time now Na fucking nailed it let's go state let's go fee. <laughs> Um, well, thank you for the wonderful introduction, because I have some pretty not great news. <laughs> oh, no. Um, both of these articles coming from IGN, um, the one specifically that I got the most information on, though, was the one specifically about the six um, employees um, leaving Stadia done by Liam Wiseman. Um, unfortunately... <laughs> Not only was it announced that Stadia's head of pro um, product and VP, John Justice, moved from Google Stadia earlier this year, but it was also discovered that six key Stadia staff have left the company. However, all six have joined the newly established Haven Entertainment Studios in Montreal-based... Um, it's a Montreal-based studio working... Um, on a new IP for Sony. The people who have left... Um, studio, right? Um, sure is. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, Stadia Games and Entertainment General Manager, Sebastian Peel, um, Head of Creative and um, Creative Services and Publishing, Corey May, Staff UX Researcher, Jonathan Dankoff, um, Graphics Programmer, Pierre-Marc um, Beru, and we also have concept artists Erwin Lerosic and Francis um, Dinoncourt. Um, Haven Entertainment Studios was founded earlier this year by Jade Raymond, previously ran Google um, Stadia Games and Entertainment Studio, left the company to create her own development studio in Montreal. Citing the desire um, to get back to what I love doing the most, um, and do so in a way that gives our team the freedom to explore, inspire, and create. 
the studio was quickly reported by um, supported by Sony to develop a new exclusive IP for PlayStation platforms. It is not announced what they're working on, but they have been um, they have currently been hiring and honestly like really triple A um, talent and with Sony backing the title, we know that this is going to be incredibly important for Sony and overall just I'm looking forward to it. Um, and oh God, it just, it hurts a little bit. This um, is mean for Stadia. It seems like they're losing all their best people. Like it's Google. They got, they got Google money. They'll just hire somebody else. You know? Yes. But in a way, a lot of these people were on the actual Stadia game studio, not specifically Google Stadia. And so a lot of the people that were working on the actual like visuals and stuff like that, um, they were going to be moved to, diff- I assume, different departments anyway. Mind you, does it still suck that they've lost seven incredible people? Absolutely. Does it look great for Google Stadia? Stadia, I love you, but this does not look great. <laughs> I want to ask you a question, P. About, about sure. Stadia. Like, if this is a legit question, would you mm-hmm. rather just have them not make games and just have games come on there on like their on their service? Well, that's that was the plan. That's what they're already doing. I know, but yeah. like, like the thing is, like, I, was that the only studio that they had? They no, they had, studio, they? they had Google. They had Google Stadia, and then they essentially purchased three indie studios and then mm. burned all of them to the ground. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. So yeah. So yeah. My my big thing is like, I mean, they're just gonna publish games on. Like, they're just gonna put games on there now. They're not gonna make anything probably for a while. Correct. Correct. They have right? no plans on making their own games anytime in the near future, especially since they close studios, including Google Studio, um, Google Stadia Studio, um, Stadia. Google Stadia Studio. There's a lot of you know. There. You know what's funny about this? Like how 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 this all worked out is because like how? I'm looking at Amazon, for example. <laughs> right. I was just about to mention that. And it's like they're on polar opposite corners, <laughs> but they're going through the same tra- trajectory. Yeah. Like they're going it's, to the same place. At least Google Stadia isn't Luna. Let's be real here. Correct. Because <laughs> no, Luna. I'm, I'm talking That's about all they like, got going for it. Yeah. Like like they, they, like what Amazon at Crucible. Right, which pretty much died. <laughs> yeah. They have New World that's coming out soon. I think Frank, which killed is it. like Frank killed Crucible personally. I think, uh, <laughs> I'm not mistaken, from what I heard in the grapevine. Yeah, we can't talk about that, but yeah, I, yeah. There's I, New I, World, I destroyed there's New Crucible. World coming out, and then there's one more game coming out, and I there's don't remember what it is. World that apparently ha- looks promising, but still, I mean, it's an MMO. Are you talking about New World? Yeah, think, New World think, is yeah, what I you're talking about. New World, yeah, yeah. Like everybody liked the beta testing that they had for it for like it was a closed alpha, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And people actually enjoyed it for what that game was. Uh, but like, I feel like both companies are just getting to the same place, but they're just on two ep- opposite sides. Where oh, no, Amazon Luna... has companies and they're making games. Where Google, it's like we don't have any more companies, but we're just publishing games. I, it's just it's weird. <laughs> yeah, at least one of them is definitely making money, and the other one is just sat, kind of sitting there not doing anything. Yeah, but I, I mean, Luna, again, you Luna said that they like, have Google money, so they can pretty much do what they want. Yeah, is Luna still this. technically in testing, right? Yep. Right. Technically, so, yes. Grant, granted, uh, hopefully we'll see if that rolls out in some big thing of like, yeah. hey, the Fire TV has it on it. You know, it comes with a controller. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> hey, uh, 
Uh, you, you Ubisoft fan? Well, guess what? Here's a channel for Ubisoft that is all the games that you could just play straight up there. And it's like, all right, as I long can do as, that. Or well, as long as they go the as long as they go the Xbox way. Yeah. Beta test it as mm-hmm. much as you possibly can. Well, they already have Google Play access on um, Stadia for a lot of the U.S. users, and so they already have access to Google Play. Oh my goodness, not Google Play. You play, you play plus. Got they already it. have access to that um through Stadia, um. So a lot of people who have Stadia are currently accessing it. Mm-hmm. I've I've talked way too like I've talked a lot about my feelings about what their move was earlier this year by closing their gaming studios, and honestly, it's it's not great. I'm not happy about it. And then seeing a lot of these like really like prominent names in those particular studios just now going over to Haven. I'm really excited for them. And honestly, I think this is a great move. Like overall, like I think for them and in their career path, I'm really excited to see what they do and I'll definitely support them. But as a Stadia user and supporter, it was definitely difficult to hear. And I almost even didn't want to even talk about it this week because I'm like, great, because there's been so many people that have been using this to actually maliciously attack people who like Stadia and essentially saying, well, this is where Stadia is right now. Like, obviously, they should just close up shop and go suck it. Um, so thanks people that I've been watching saying that consistently over the past week. Um, yeah, those people but- are dumb. It's like... This is already gonna. This was already gonna happen, really, because this yeah. is remnants of the studio that was already kind of shut down. I, th- so, I think they should should have just focused on publishing these games on their platform. That's what they're kind of doing now. Yeah, and then focus on creating games. Because, like, for example, <laughs> um, they did the same. Like, because right now they're doing really well when it comes to like game releases. You saw like um, Cyberpunk. 2077 when they offered the actual like premiere package, and then they did the same thing for Resident Evil Eight. And you're seeing a lot of these, like, big names and big games coming, releasing on Stadia as well, on top of, like, the actual, like, consoles and PC. So you're seeing a lot of it now. And I think, that, honestly, if I had, if I could run Stadia, that's what I would have done, at least for the first, like, three years minimum, is just, like, look at these big, like, they're already making these games. All they need to do is bring them onto my specific, like, console or my, like streaming service and i think that's probably where they they got a little too like excited and they started purchasing studios like microsoft and realized that's not in their path right now should they have continued and just specifically stopped and kept the studios they had yes but that's just me you don't know what's happening on the back end but i think that was a bad move fee if yeah people want to hear all your stadia thoughts is there another podcast that they could find that yeah, I can talk about that later on too. <laughs> All right, with that, uh, Frank, am I throwing over to you for the for the next one? Yes. Yeah, so, guys, our next article comes from Kotaku's Nathan Grayson. So, an upgraded Yuffie version of Final Fantasy VII Remake is exclusive to PS5 for at least six months. So, we got one final trailer for the integrated version of Final Fantasy VII Remake that came out this week and sony shed some light on the exclusivity of the version apparently sony says the exclusivity period for the title is at least six months if that means that it is purely exclusive to the ps5 as to eventually release to the ps4 or that final fantasy 7 remake is eventually coming to other systems without the integrate upgrade is yet to be determined um i do think it's kind of bogus to lock 
that game behind a PlayStation 5 upgrade, especially when you can't get PS5s right now. But the wording of that makes me think that it, it's it's just weird that they would lock it behind that the PS5 and not basically say, hey, we're going to bring it to PS4 later. It just says it's exclusive to the PS5 for six months. I feel so. like it's going to be a console thing where it's going to come to Xbox and PC in, yeah. in that time. Mm-hmm. That's what I think, too, within the, the six months. Is, like, is it going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake and Integrate coming out? Because Final Fantasy VII's exclusivity point, is run out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's out. I just don't think yeah. they would do the two separates. Like, why would you do that? I mean, might as well just wait the six months and then just do the full package. And you just get your yeah, exactly. Yeah, now, one. like, I, I guess, yeah, at this rate, it would just be both now, right? Be Final Fantasy VII Remake and Integrate at this point. And bring them well, out. Well, you do have time. like the there is some like exclusive version of like for example, Devil May Cry Five, right? That has a special edition that only has certain things that the PS5 and Xbox Series X can do, and it's not coming to PS PC and it's not coming to um, uh, past consoles at least yet. Other than certain DLCs, were kind of cut out of it. So it's possible that they could lock integrate like some of the upgrades behind. Like, let's say, for example, you don't get ray tracing, you don't get, like, all this other stuff, but we'll eventually give you the Yuffie DLC after six months. You know what I mean? Or we get a version of Final Fantasy VII on PC, for example, that has all the upgrades because it's a PC version, but without the integrate stuff. Like, the Yuffie stuff, I mean. I, I kind of hope that they do both releases in one and just do, like, a combo deal in six months when whenever this comes out. I, I don't know if this thing has a date. I forgot if this thing has a date. It's, but, June, it's uh, like June or something. It's like yeah, close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like after the six months, I'm hoping they just kind of like do like a Kingdom Hearts thing, where you're just like, you know what, you get Final Fantasy VII remake and you get the the integrate together, kind of mm-hmm. type thing. And like, I, it would be weird for them just to like. I was so excited that this was honestly, I was personally excited this was a PS5 exclusive thing and not on PS4 because it's like Square Enix just saying like, all right, we're done with PS4. Let's just jump over to PS5. Because I'm still scared that Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2 is going to be a PS4 game. And I don't want it to be. <laughs> I want that to be a PS5 game. Well, no, not if that game is going to come out in like four years or three years from now, right? So Yeah, so, so I'm it hoping has to be PS5. That, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. But like, who knows, right? Because like a lot of people that played it played on PS4. So I don't know. I don't know what they're... Well, what this they're is their, this is the official version saying, hey, it's like, it's like playing Last of Us Remastered on ps4 or play ps5 now right so there is a ps5 or ps4 version that you could play and then last of us 2 came out so i think that yeah. this is their version of like okay if you're gonna play part two whatever we're gonna call it there is a you know you could play part one right um but at the same time for like the ufi dlc like to me that just sounds like something they could easily just be a dlc on ps4 so that's why i'm just like yeah I, honestly i probably because like looking at the game i was just like this looks exactly like the other game yeah i don't i I don't know how people were going crazy how good it looks. It look I was like it looks the same as Final it's Fantasy possible that it has the new lighting stuff like maybe yeah. like the the, the new upgrades and yeah. all that and then maybe just the PS4 can't handle it but I you know the upgraded doors I doubt it. So hopefully upgraded <laughs> doors. Non polygonal doors. Definitely. I can't wait. Yeah. To- I I don't know. I think timed exclusivity is whack in general it doesn't seem to do any good for games it only seems to come come out as a detriment but especially if it's a timed exclusive within your own ecosystem yeah that's where they're going that's what's weird it does not sound great to me no that that sounds weird 
I can see why Final Fantasy VII Remake is exclusive. Like, at least it is exclusive to PlayStation because it is a PlayStation game through and through, right? It came out on PS1. I can see that. But I, I do agree with Sly. It's like, at least put it out. Like, let everybody play this game. Final Fantasy VII Remake was such a good game. Let everybody play it. If you're on PC, Xbox, uh, PlayStation, that's it because Switch can't handle well, it. Well, if you want to play the whole, <laughs> if you want to play the whole story, it's already on the Game Pass, so you can play the original Final Fantasy VII right now. Wow. God no! Don't do that. God no! <laughs> no no! Play the original. I say play the original. And then play Final Fantasy VII Remake. Don't do not do I one should, or the other. I should see if it has like Xbox and enhanced graphics. I got to see if they did anything different to that game. I doubt it. Has, <laughs> has anybody played the OG Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, I have it on my Switch. Have well, you finished it? I have not finished it. Uh, years ago. like We're talking like maybe 15 years ago. Okay, okay. I, yeah, okay. So I, don't, I barely even remember the story beats, let alone like yeah. how that game played. I but... remember a meteor. That's all I remember. I remember a giant yeah. boss battle. Yeah. <laughs> that happens like seven times or ten times in that game. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I'm, what I want to say at the end of this thing, though, is that I'm really excited for this. I want more Final Fantasy VII, more, I want more Final Fantasy VII content. Give me more. It's a great game. Really. But I, I think Nomura just said that the, the, recently he just said that the uh, progress is going well on Remake 2. And that it's uh, it's like it's more like a jungle area as well and stuff like that. And I just wonder how that game is going to be because in Final Fantasy VII original, the game went from being a little more linear in Midgard to like open world. So I don't know if they're going to do open world. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll, we'll definitely that. see eventually in 2030 how that game turns out <laughs> um fee do yep. you you do you have any final fantasy experience like I, this seems like when i think final fantasy right and i think of everything that happens in final fantasy the way the characters look the way the game like you know the 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 the, the world it builds you know the lore i feel like this would be right up your alley but i, I i've never seen you talk about final fantasy <laughs> why <laughs> you hate it so much fee. why do you hate yeah. it I'm actually kind of curious. I don't think I've ever actually asked you. I watched Advent Children. Oh my god! <laughs> which is which is pretty good. It's pretty good. Advent Children is pretty good. I thought you were I've... gonna say I watched Final Fantasy the other movie. I was like, oh god, no. <laughs> no, I've like Seriously, I've I've movie. played yeah. I've played a little bit of it, but I've never actually sat down and played a full game before. Oh, I need you. Okay, I I want you to play 15. Yeah, is a game that I, I want. Think you probably play. would enjoy 15. Yeah. Cause the bromance between you're you're I think you're gonna like I think you're gonna like fifteen. Yeah, I think that'd be the one that would pull you in first. Yeah, because you don't like turn based games. Do you like turn based games? Okay, so you don't like turn based games. games. So um, like I play turn based games, <laughs> but you do like turn based games. I mean, like depends on what you mean by turn based game. Like. You go into a battle and your opponent attacks you, and then you attack them. Oh, and then you okay. Waste your yeah, bar. I'm, I'm good with you, that. You, you play the shit out of Darkest Dungeon, so yeah, yeah. imagine. Okay, so okay. Well, I, I, I have I have ideas for what Final Fantasy like. I think you would like if you like MMOs. Fourteen, really fucking good, really fucking good. Harv, I played World of Warcraft for five years. Yes, so fourteen. <laughs> All right, my next plan is to get Fee addicted to Final Fantasy XIV. So here, so here, we got Final Fantasy XV as a recommendation. I'm going to recommend you Final Fantasy X and X-2. 
Yes. Because those are the most anime fucking Final Fantasy games there. And it's so yeah. anime. You I think one of them so literally anime. starts with a K-pop or J-pop fucking like concert. That's the second one. Yeah, X2. Yeah, yeah that's X2. Uh, ten, ten, ten two. with like the, the Blitzball shit and then the place gets fucking destroyed and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those games are so anime. Are on PC, by the way, too. So if you did want to try them, they are on PC. Yeah. So there's that. Well, I think I, I can get. I, I think I can that. get feet into Final Fantasy 14. I think I can get her into Final. Because I'm jumping back into Final Fantasy 14 when Endwalker jump when when it comes out, and that's yeah. all I'm going to be playing for the, for like two months. So I, I think I play games with us anymore. R.I.P. Well, when Final Fantasy 14 comes out, no. <laughs> no, only the Final Fantasy fourteen crew. No, I I need I need to finish the story because the story is probably one of the best stories that that you could probably get in a game. It is so good. It is so good. Well, it we'll is really good. So when when we're doing Pip and Final Fantasy fourteen comes out, we're just going to show half stream of him playing. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be the new set girl. It's going to be the new set girl for at least two months. No, yeah. that's that's my experience with Final Fantasy. Gotcha. Decent. And on well, that note, I'm going to give it over to uh, Mario so he can talk about uh, this other piece of news this week. Yeah, sad, sad day uh, in the world of video game news for a lot of reasons. Uh, for this one, uh, we were gonna. I took this article from GameSpot by Tamara Zane. Uh, article is, Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker, and Vinny Caravella leave Giant Bomb. Uh, those three have announced that they are leaving Giant Bomb. The announcement was made live during Giant Bomb's podcast where the trio confirmed that May 7th will be their last day at the company, which, of course, is today as recording. Uh, they are holding a special stream to mark the occasion. Giant Bomb was established by former members of GameSpot, along with Jeff Gersman, who will remain at the site, and Ryan Davis. Uh, Brad and Vinny were founding members of the website, which is really cool, and uh, Alex has worked alongside with them for, for many, many years. Um, it was, let's see here, they initially uh, created a website called Screen, which is a website dedicated to movies and television, but this has been the one website that has culminated in so many years of um, people going to a place that they felt was real. You know, they cut the bullshit on the review cycle stuff, um, they just talked about games as honestly as they possibly could, you know, they don't even have reviews really on their website, they just have, hey, we, you know, we're going to talk about this game while we show you some footage over it, and uh, yeah, I mean, they have, uh, so I'm going to tell a quick sad story, uh, I got into Jaya Bomb a couple of years ago, uh, when I was in a car ride with Michael Ruiz, former of DualShockers, and Logan Moore, formerly of DualShockers, and we were driving down to our friend Max uh, White's wedding from Florida. So from like Indiana to Florida in one day. And we spent a good chunk of the hours just listening to the giant uh, Bombcast and Beastcast because that was their favorite show. And I haven't heard it really at that point. And I listened to it and it, everyone just sound they sound like us, right? They sound like us joking at each other. They, they have cues. They have different things that, you know, that we all love our podcast for. And immediately I was like, these are really cool people. I'm going to check them out. And there's two different uh, Giant Bombs. There's Giant Bomb West and Giant Bomb East. This is primarily the majority of the people who are leaving are uh, Giant Bomb East. So that seemingly is sort of the end of Giant Bomb East, which is probably the saddest um, part of this. The last episode they actually uh, recorded on Thursday, it was episode 311, which was hilarious because they started doing a bunch of 311 jokes. 
which is pretty great. Um, and then all the original members actually came back. So Dan Reichert, uh, I believe it was Alex, Wa- uh, yeah, Alex Walker, and then uh, Abby, yeah, Abby also showed up. Russell, yeah. I think her last name is Abby Russell. Ru- Abby Russell. Yeah, and uh yeah it was so great for them reminiscing and talking about the hard times you know talking about the old studio talking about how ragtag it was and how like seemingly as unprofessional as uh you know five idiots on a voice call (laughs) making a podcast as we speak (laughs) so it definitely was like heartwarming to be like you know it's no different you know in a work setting than it is you know people just getting together and telling fun stories and talking about things they love and it was sad to hear them go. Um, I don't. We don't know necessarily what they are doing. Um, they, which is a nice surprise, so they could be working together or it could be separate things. I know that previous members have gone on to do. Uh, I know that um, Dan Reichert has gone on to do the podcasting for WWE because he's a huge wrestling fan. So that was actually kind of cool. He does the New Day podcast. Um, the last member uh, that is surviving on East is Jeff Bacalar, who is going to be remaining behind the scenes because he's actually in part of designing on what the new sort of direction of giant bomb will be. So I not necessarily know if he's going to start showing up on the other podcast that's on the West, but at the very least he is in part of what the next direction will be with all these people leaving. Now, could that mean more people being hired and a capacity or them changing up their, you know, cause the whole thing about giant bomb is that there's no Patreon. There's no, Twitch, there's a Twitch channel, but it's not like, hey, come here, we're streaming every day, give us your tips or, you know, give us your money. It's very much like, hey, it's an unlimited uh, video channel that just constantly shows Giant Bob stuff of over like 15 years of content, um, which is wild. Um, so maybe they might integrate that in some way. Who knows? But the only they have, way they a, they have a subscription, subscription, right? That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, I was going to say. They survive yeah. by subscriptions. So they do these features like, Mass Effect Alex, which was basically Alex Navarro playing through all the entirety of Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, which is sort of in line with what I'm kind of doing uh, now with my Halo project. It's very much inspired by Giant Bomb. So it's definitely been a rough going knowing that this was happening. But at the same time, Giant Bomb is not going anywhere as of now. Uh, Jeff Gersman, who is the head of Giant Bomb, he is the G. So I'm really excited for... <laughs> him to stick around and see what we can do because I know that uh, not I don't think I don't, I'll, I'll learn your histories with Giant Bomb I don't know if anybody does but the the one last thing I want to say is the one thing that uh, for me was every year at E3 they have a uh, couch at the end of E3 or at the end of the day it's called uh, GameSpot or Game I'm sorry Giant Bomb at Night or After Dark or whatever it is and basically everyone comes to their studio in a hotel and sits on this couch and gets interviewed like Phil Spencer uh, people that have created some of your favorite games, Bonnie Hunt, like all these incredible people, actors, move, music, like, you know, it's composers. And it's wonderful. And one day I was hoping to be on that couch and I'm that couch. We don't know if it's still going to be there. So we'll, we'll see. But um, does anyone else have checked out Giant Bomb or is at least considering maybe checking out Giant Bomb now that oh, the, the s- site is gone? <laughs> the stuff that I love about the couch, because I, I used to watch that stuff all the time, the couch stuff for sure. Because it was always under after E three, but the, th- the the thing that I loved about it is like they always had like beers and they just chilled oh my God. and it just talked. Drunk. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's like that's probably the most honesty thing you can get out of that that entire E three weekend because everybody's always on, everybody's always doing things, and like when you just sit on the couch, they just talk about what happened during the day and just like they just talk honestly, right? Yeah. That's one of the biggest things. I used to watch their, I I do watch 
every now and then their game of the year stuff every yeah. year oh i watch God. that it's my favorite thing yeah because that's like five hour videos of them just talking about god of the of uh game of the year yeah it's like, like it's like a whole week worth yeah of every, things every right different categories leading up to game of the year yeah because I, I love them making those like i love when they have those discussions and stuff and uh and then i sometimes wa- uh, listen to their podcast but that that's usually what my giant bomb thing was yeah, yeah. no for sure for sure um but yeah i mean at this point i'm just gonna say pour one out for uh for giant bomb. pour out your glass harv just all over your new keyboard <laughs> I have a new keyboard. I'm just. I'm gonna hear about to get one. You're about to get what, one. What? What? Yeah. I was like, when did I get a new keyboard? What? It's, it's delivered. It's like, uh, yeah. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, I have to say, like, even if you're not a fan of Giant Bob, if you're in this space of you know games media, kind of podcasting. You know who they are. You've seen their work, and they've inspired so many others. And so, you know, it's always hard to see see these big names, you know, step down, leave these projects that have been, you know, the the foundation for so many other content like them. Yeah. But you know, it's always exciting to see what they're gonna do next, how they're moving on. Um, even though it, I'm sure it's very heartbreaking to all their fans who is losing that part of their their week for sure yeah. they're the progenitor of a, a group of people that left a bigger company to start their own thing and you know we wouldn't have kind of funny wouldn't have easy allies wouldn't have any of that stuff no clip you know none of that crap. i i'm very intrigued to see where they're gonna go with the with everybody that left and yeah. plus with what giant bomb's gonna be going forward as well yeah for sure or all right that's it for the news no. Well, that that's it for the news. <laughs> Take it away, Sly. So we're we're gonna throw it over to our third segment of the week, our rotating segment. This week we're talking about some hot takes, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, I've been watching through many uh many a uh, Marvel movies, and I have been keeping you all updated in a text chat in our our Discord about all my thoughts and feelings, and I have developed some very, very spicy takes over my time. But I don't want it to just be all about my spicy takes, so I know you all have prepared some spicy takes as well, but just to just to kick it off, what do you all think is the best MCU movie? I mean, if I, I I still think that to this day, uh, uh, Winter Soldier is probably still my favorite one of all time, out of all of them. Is it is it weird to say Infinity War? Will that be like cheating? No, no, no. It. It's a it's a it's an MCU yeah. film. Because I like Infinity War way more than all the other ones, even Endgame. I think Infinity War, like the way that had the story beats and everything, was just really really well done. That's fair. You like what you like. Or I would go with Civil War. It'd be one of the two. Because I like Civil War as well. Yeah. My favorite by far was definitely Captain Marvel. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure if it plays into, you know, the order I watched everything in. Because I did go through timeline order, not release order. 
Uh, so it was, you know, the second movie I watched, but it was honestly, you know, just fun, lighthearted, very beautiful women, <laughs> and a fun story. So Captain Marvel is is my spicy take best MCU movie that I've seen. I, again, I haven't seen them all. Uh, Fee, what about you? Uh, <laughs> um, I want to. I want to hear what Fee's favorite Marvel movie is. What is it? That's tough for me. Like, I feel like, and I see that, like, I said this when we were talking about it over at the Penultimate Conquest. It's like, I always, like, resonate with, like, one of my, like, like, the introduction to, like, the newer Avengers, which would have been, like, Iron Man. Like, Iron, the first Iron Man movie, because it wasn't, you didn't know what to expect. It was, like, they had the Spider-Man movies, they've had, like, the X-Men movies, but that was different. And then they had, like brand new like robert downey jr like to this day him standing in front of the explosion not looking back at it like that's a pinnacle for me because it was like and yeah and just like the lonely island song um cool guys don't look at explosions like he just was like the (laughs) pinnacle of that for me um i did really enjoy um guardians of the galaxy because there was a lot of like comedic side to it and like a lot of comedy and like a lot of like working together as a team like yeah there was a lot of like struggle between the characters but it really like brought everything together also Groot absolutely freaking adorable and just I think like the overall banter that they have in those movies in Guardians of the Galaxy I like a little bit more than the slightly more serious um just like the earth like so like I guess I would include Iron Man spider-man at this particular point um but yeah there's like there's a lot of different elements but i would probably say those two are strong contenders for my favorite frank what about you um thor the dark world oh god (laughs) fuck you (laughs) 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 what i like i like the thor the dark world it's my favorite marvel movie ever i don't think anybody should ever talk bad about it Natalie Portman did an amazing job. Um, Chris Evans was amazing uh, as as Captain America in that movie. Um, And Kat Dennings is my celebrity waifu. Literally, the only good thing about that was (laughs) Thor. Like, literally, Chris Hemsworth made that movie. Oh, please take that bait. (laughs) Oh yeah, Chris uh, Chris Hemsworth with those abs pretty much made that. Oh yeah, you know. No, joking aside, uh, Civil War. I like Civil War. Civil War is one of my favorite movies. I hated it at first because I really liked the Civil War comic, but as I've grown to distance myself from, from the movies and the comics, I will say Civil War in its uh, in its purest form is just so good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very watchable movie, too. Nice. Nice. Um, who is y'all's favorite characters? Because mine is Goose. And I will die for them. <laughs> is that the cat? Yeah, it's a cat. It's a cat. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's like. It I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure it was yeah, a cat. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, yeah. Florian or whatever. Florian, yeah, yeah. Scratch yeah, out yeah, fucking uh-huh. Nick Fury's eyeball. Yeah. By the way, did you uh, so you, you watched uh, Wandavision with us, or you watched it at the same time? Did you re- realize that the little mm-hmm. girl was Monica Rambo? 
I did not. I spent the entire time I was watching WandaVision asking you who people were and why they were important, and yeah. none of you would tell me well, because you, of spoilers. Well, now you've seen the movie, now you know who that person is, then, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be more excited for uh, the Marvels. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. for that as well. Because I, when, I when I watched Captain Marvel... I didn't. I didn't like it very much. I was. So I was like, I could leave it or take it, honestly. Uh, but it gets me excited now for the Marvels. I mean, I, I brought it up when you were first getting in, sort of the uh, this little tech chat that you had. That Captain Marvel is by far my. I'm sorry. Damn it. Captain America. <laughs> Captain America. Captain Marvel is the best. Thank you. God Thank you. It. Captain America <laughs> is my favorite character in the entire MCU and my favorite story that I felt got a pretty solid complete ending. So, that is my my character. Yeah. I'm going to be real honest, I was only in the Captain America storyline for Bucky. Um like I've said to all of you many times privately, but I have to reiterate it on the podcast. Bucky is fruity and you cannot convince me otherwise. You cannot look at that man, especially in like the 30s, 40s, and say that he's not getting all the ladies and all the gentlemen all the time. Have you seen that man? He's. I mean, you have to kind of be. If you're he's spy, so fruity. You know? So fruity. <laughs> <laughs> Bucky. Um, I think especially with the newest show and kind of seeing like a different side, I would probably have to say Wanda. Right now, Wanda is definitely one of my like, and I know I'm saying like I'm not trying to be like oh like one of my favorites, but it's like I you need to think there's hundreds in the mcu technically yeah, not absolutely. just like what's on the tv like not what's in the tv shows and the movies there's like the the actual like universes plus their alternate universes like you could go on for days talking about it but i think like in currently in the mcu like visual universe on screen i'd probably have to say the scarlet witch is definitely up there um just because of like her specific background and kind of seeing like the struggle that she went through and then just like the mental lapse that she had and just like the complete and utter like this is what happens when like you've lost literally everything and you try to find a way to protect yourself by creating this alternate reality um because you can't handle what the truth is and what life is actually like put in front of you that she built this entire like like this ecosystem and even though yes i know for a fact that she held people hostage at the end of the day and she recreated her husband technically um and just all this other stuff but i think it was a really good representation of like it did she handle it well not particularly, but I think it was just an overall, like, good story arc. And honestly, holy crap. Just the acting in it was phenomenal. She... And... she sorry, sorry, go. Oh, no, 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 continue. I was gonna say, she... She surprised... She wowed me in that series. Mm -hmm. The way that she acted. Like, that was just... I, I didn't expect that from her. Especially from previous films. Yeah. And it's just one of those things, like, dealing with, like, PTSD and stuff like that. The way that she, like portrayed and stuff it was just like i think she nailed it and i'm really excited where her story goes next yeah really, and i really think excited. one thing that got me really excited for her anyway is like knowing 
Elizabeth Olsen in realizing like what type of shadow she had to live through her entire childhood up until like her getting the role of the Scarlet Witch is absolutely bonkers because at one point she was going to change her name like there's been interviews where she's like I almost just changed my name and then just had no association with my sisters and then now she's like it's kind of hand in hand with like the actual character themselves and also the actress like seeing all this growth come into one character has just been phenomenal so also she's a strong female role which thank like i was excited for because not much of. <laughs> there's not much of in at least the visual like arcs and especially with some of the female roles coming off is almost even force i think she was a really good like representation of like losing your family and you're like from another uh, other than just a bunch of the men in the series like i'm not saying like there's no like i love thor yeah. like loki's super awesome and like a bunch of these other characters as well but it was that was what we needed i i am excited yeah. for uh jane foster to come back into the series uh specifically with the next one because it sounds like they're gonna be putting a heavy focus on her in the movie yeah and then she might actually get her own series too Hey, because right. yeah, awesome. yeah. Why not? They need more, more strong leading women. <laughs> That's one of my Sever major criticisms. Separate so Gwyneth Paltrow, fucker. <laughs> yeah, <Fair>. yeah. No <laughs> more. Honestly, honestly, in my thought process right now is like, if they could get some more like interesting female characters, because some of them are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well. We got like five coming, like <laughs> which I'm excited for, right? We have. Is, are they oh, still? Are they still doing the Black Panther with? Um, we don't know the premise of uh, Wakanda Forever. Well, yeah. Wakanda Forever. Yeah, but we we are getting. I know because I, I know she was it. She was in hot hot uh, hot water for a little bit there. Oh yeah, yeah, the actress. So like I yeah, so I don't know how how they're gonna do that. We'll, we'll and I was, I'm looking at I'm looking at this uh, doc right now uh, slide. Uh -huh. He said Killmonger yeah. should have lived a thousand percent, one thousand percent. That is not oh, a hot yeah. take. I don't know true. why they kill Killmonger. I don't know. I don't think he's dead. He he is the most. He is probably the most appealing villain other than Thanos in his movies. He, I, I would go as far to say he was the most compelling villain out of any of the movies I watched. Like, and the he, he I, was like, I mean, sorry, I, I, my biggest problem with that Black Panther, which like acknowledging all the good it did for the industry, you know, introducing so many roles for you know black actors and you know behind the camera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I just. I, there's so many stories about like black suffering in the media and they could have had an opportunity to like tell a story about black joy and I think that would have been way more compelling especially coming from the MCU being such a huge powerhouse in the film industry and I feel like they could have done so much more with that story. I, I get it wasn't the tone they were going for at that time within the like MC rollout whatever whatever. But I, I think Black Panther would have been better as a story of joy. And I think, like, even just, like, having Killmonger get that, like, redemption and growth would have, you know, helped helped its case a little bit more. I'm having a feeling that I don't think... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to straight out say, I don't think he's dead. Because that last trailer... Totally not dead. The last trailer they showed, which was, like, sort of like a welcome back to the movies, they showed the scene of Black Panther and him looking at each other, and they called them brothers. I'm just like... To me, that's like mm. setting up like, all right, mm. are you gonna have? But a the thing is, we're talking. 
We're it's talking a, about comic me, books. People don't stay dead. You know? Come on. Back to me. Come but on. to me, like... We have a Loki show, which has a character that is officially dead, and he's we, not dead again. Like, there's so many... There's so, Especially after watching... Loki him. happened before everything? Loki no, no, no. He, that, yeah, this is, universe. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a universe hopper. But uh, with all the the shit that happens in an, uh the in was it Endgame? Yeah, Endgame. Uh in terms of just like we could have butterfly effects based on what's happened in like, you know, and all this. They have effects from the snap now that we've seen. Um there's so many different effects that happen post and like from that endgame event that like it's insane how many opportunities they have to bring back characters that are either dead, removed, or were not done justice. It's it, we we we're gonna see Killmonger again eventually. Um, the, it's the just thing, a matter of time at this point. The thing where where you guys say that like it was he was in, he was in the the trailer and stuff. I think that was just them saying like this is look at your brother, look at your sister. I don't think that had anything to do with. I know, but still with on. the movies because we'll like we'll it was see. after we'll that. See. It was after that when. Once they started showing Black Widow or uh, Black Widow, yeah, Black Widow, uh, Shang uh, Shang Chi. I mean, but that's a prequel, right? So, uh, and then they showed, um, oh my god, Eternals. Oh, fucking excited for Eternals, but but all the other movies and stuff like that. So, excuse me, it's the Eternals, not the Eternals. Eternals sorry, get I'm it right. For I'm, I'm, Shang-Chi I and Eternals case. I don't know anything about those characters, and I want to yeah, experience me too. something new in yeah. the universe. So I'm cool with that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for the Eternals. So like, there is a something about that. How the way that 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 movie it looks like it's shot, very intrigues me. Like, it intrigues me so much because it seems like they do like they they went like the more natural lighting instead of like the the cosmetic lighting, what they do for most mm-hmm. for most movies. So they wanted to get like the best yeah. shots because it just feels like it's different. For some reason, it just looks different. Okay, I have a couple more questions for y'all. So, my next question is, what is one change that the characters made from, like, comics to the MCU that you will forever be upset about? Because mine is the fact that Hawkeye is not deaf in the MCU, because that would have been so cool to have, like, depth representation in such a big movie series and to see that being taken away is like really heartbreaking for me so i wanted to know if you guys have any other characters that have a aspect of them changed that from the comics that you wish was in the mcu spider-man relying on stark tech that's the one thing Mm -hmm. i don't like at all um Mm -hmm. peter parker is a great scientist he makes he made his own suit, he made his own web shooters. I don't like that they're crutching or kind of pushing up pushing him way too forward with the whole like Tony Stark stuff. I feel like Peter's mm-hmm. always been the broke kid using broke ass technology, but making it seem like it's crazy, crazy good. Um, to the point where even Tony Stark was impressed. Instead of now he's kind of just using Stark tech and you know, he might be modifying it himself a little bit. But at the end of the day, Tony Stark still made most of what Spider-Man's using right now. Absolutely agree with you. For sure. I honestly, with this question, I don't necessarily know if I can properly answer it because whenever I've had like an issue with something, somehow they would always address it later in another movie and fix it somehow. Like uh, Mandarin was one mm-hmm. where I think everyone had a huge problem for <laughs> 
But it wasn't until like mm-hmm. the Iron Man 3 DVD where they're like, well, that's not the real Mandarin. There is a real Mandarin. And then now we actually get to see mm-hmm. him like years later. Um, so whenever I feel like I will have an issue, Kevin Feige, and if, if people like talk about it enough, Kevin Feige like he listens to that and then somehow rectifies it later. So oh, yeah. I honestly can't say what I'd be like, hey, what's different? Um, I'll if you guys keep talking, I'll continue to think about it. But to me, like I've enjoyed everything that they've told me in terms of their changes, and I just think a lot of the changes ultimately make sense. But um, again, mm-hmm. we also still have like a whole plethora of stories that they're still going to come. So who knows? Uh, you know what? Yeah. I'll say t- uh, other than uh, well, no, because it's outside stuff. I wish the Runaways was part of this universe, and it's not. It pisses <laughs> me off. Let's say. <laughs> I don't read comics enough, so I don't. I don't know. I'm just really excited for uh, the X Men to get introduced into this universe. That's. I can't wait till Fantastic Four. I think that's going to be the first step of integrating uh, the X Men into it, and I'm just so excited to see like what they do with. Like, are they just going to retcon everything, or is it just going to be like a continuation? I don't know. I'm. I'm so excited for it. Here we go. Here. Here it is. I figured it out. Uh, the uh, Netflix shows and Agents of Shield are canon. Fuck. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Valid. What, what about like what about like Days of Future Past? <laughs> that hasn't existed yet, so no. No, not, those, not that movie. I'm talking about the Agent Shield and the Netflix. Uh, no, Daredevil. but that's what I mean. But but what about like Wolverine, the movie? Does that exist? Is that canon? Well, not yet. In a, in a universe. In a universe. A universe. Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. They can always write. Is that part of the Fox yeah. universe? Well, yeah, but you can always write it off as like a universe. You can call it like what's the numerical numbers for Fox? Like I, I don't you can know. call it universe three one six or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, because it's six one six for the like Marvel like like main universe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of like I agree with what Mario says, and the problem like and some it's not so much a problem, but it's the way that they've been able to kind of change things from the comics is because they've systematically put the Fox and Sony as well as the just the standard like MCU in different universes and they run in different like specific ways that way so I can't be upset that certain things with like the Scarlet Witch didn't happen because it didn't happen in this universe like it didn't happen in 616 um yeah I there's so many like there's a lot of things that I hope they bring um, like introduce in the future, and um, the reason why I'm just coming back to this topic is because I noticed this was something that you actually wrote down a lot. Is like there's a lot of insanely great female characters that have not been introduced yet, and we're hoping like in like in the future they introduce a lot of those as well as just characters they like both men and women and non-binary and robotic that they haven't been introduced or spirits. It honestly shit gets crazy in the MCU. Like we can't even like shrug. Um, honestly, vampires. I can't wait till we get vampires. I'm so excited. Oh, we're getting vampires. Dude, I forgot. There's so many, there's so much that happens. And I think it was really great that Stanley just allowed for these, like, this multitude of representation like across his particular like like honestly bringing everything into like this these universes and allowing whatever anyone wanted and changes and all this other i i wouldn't say that there's anything that's in this show or the movies that i'm upset that wasn't in the comics because like i said it mm-hmm. 
It changes. They're somewhere, just not yeah. on screen. <laughs> a lot of them are surprisingly. When I think of a lot of the great uh, female characters in Marvel comics, I tend to lean more towards the X Men side. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have characters like Jean Grey. You got characters like Rogue. You got characters like X Twenty Three. You got characters like mm-hmm. uh, Kitty. Um, you have so many cool characters in those. Like, like always have their own kind of big leadership role in mm-hmm. in those Storm. comics. Sto- uh, yeah, Storm. Um, I'm trying to think of like what, like, uh, have you ever seen uh, Daredevil yet, Sly? Because Elektra was pretty no, good in that one. Not. Yeah, I mean, Elektra, I haven't seen I mean, any other TV shows. Like, right, like, I mean, like the fact that in the future we're gonna have Miss Marvel, uh, She Hulk. Uh, we're also getting uh, Hawkeye, uh, Kate Bishop version is also gonna be joining yeah. the world. So, I mean, oh, and yeah, the, the new Black I know Widow, it's to come, but Black it's Widow. been you know like ten years, and we have so few. Yeah already there that that it's just kind of disheartening sharon I'm, I'm excited <laughs> they do her so dirty oh trust me what? So enjoy dirty. your sh- oh yeah yeah keep watching enjoy your viewership <laughs> of uh falcon in the winter show yeah, the soldier. oh no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, that's my um and then i just wanted to end with what my biggest takeaway from watching through the marvel cinematic universe is I noticed that so, so many of the characters in these big major lead roles in these stories are disabled. And, like, I get that you're trying to tell, like, this big blockbuster story, but the fact that these, these characters aren't, you know, addressed as being disabled is an absolute shame because it could enhance their stories so much and make them so much more well-rounded and be, like, this great representation for folks out there. And, like, I just really wish they had a little bit more balls to actually call their characters disabled and write that into their stories. And I've I've heard we get, you know, more of that in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I'm really excited to see. Um, I should be watching that next week, so we'll see where I'm at with that next time. But I just, like, I wish they did more in these, like, in the canon films with disability representation and, you know, not just brushing it aside, like, you know, Rhodey gets injured and then, like, instantly, basically, is walking again and they just, like, barely touch on it. They could have done, they could have done so much more and been a positive representation of disability in these heroes, in these stories. And, honestly, that's my, my hottest, hottest take for the MCU so far. Yeah. Well, no, that's why I kind of liked the like seeing WandaVision because it showed us firsthand. Like, as some, like, honestly, I'm not going to sit here and like everyone has gone through some sort of trauma, and the way that people like handle it and the way that they address it varies. And obviously, the way that she dealt with it. And a lot of people do this, and it doesn't mean that you created an entire town and kidnapped people mentally and caused huge amount of chaos and created a huge dome over your entire town. But for people who have lost loved ones or have specifically dealt with <laughs> loss in some way, which she's lost everyone. She lost 
her brother, her husband, her like her friends, because at this point, and her team. So she's lost pretty much everyone her, she knows. Plus, she's lost her parents. And a lot of where she stems from, like, her comfort is from shows that she used to watch with her family um, on the block. So it's just, you kind of see it. They don't say specifically this is what your problem is or what her problem is. But it's just her kind of breaking down throughout the series and realizing, like, I've lost everyone and I don't know how to handle it correctly. And the way that she did it was a security blanket. It Was it a chaotic mess and caused everyone to like feel like for weeks or months or what however long she was in there we don't know how long she was specifically in that particular dome but yeah there are definitely ways that they could have addressed it overall like not specifically with that but with other characters but i feel like that was a good representation of just loss and how to handle it was it yeah do i think it was handled well no yeah, I was so high on WandaVision up until around episode six when they really start, you know, the themes of like psychosis and the manifestation of a psychotic break were like really getting heavy handed. And then I was like, oh, I can see this not being handled too well. I And I don't think they did a great job wrapping that up at the ending, especially like, you know, you know, she manipulated and abuse you know that entire time and the so heavy-handed gaslighting with vision like the fact that that's how the series kind of played out really brought me down on it which is unfortunate because i could see they were they had such good content there and they were trying and they just didn't didn't bring it home for me especially that she didn't really seem to have any consequences for her actions and yes 100% her trauma her loss her PTSD explains her actions but just because we act in a way because of you know what we are experiencing doesn't uh forgive our actions and it can explain it but it does not excuse and i feel like it the show kind of goes pretty far as to excuse her actions because of what she experienced um i i, I, not I, was doing. I get i get where i get where you're coming from Sly. i really do like all like what what you're saying I, I just don't think you can do that in a limited show or in a movie it's just i feel like that stuff well, you just it's so hard to do the story's not get that across. The well, the thing is, Wanda didn't but know the, what she was people doing. People in that in that in that in that uh, town, the, their story's over. We're not going to see them ever again. No, but we don't know about the the reputation of the Scarlet Witch right now is in tethers. We don't know. She's yeah. not really. She didn't do a very heroic thing, and therefore had to go on the run and is in a cabin. The last time we see her, she's in the cabin touching a very bad book. So it's very possible that she's going to continue to go down that road and hopefully find redemption in this Doctor Strange film. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and I think I, at the po- oh, can oh, you continue, Frank. I I, I keep mentioning it, but like uh, it's very much inferred that Wanda just doesn't know what she's doing in that show yeah. like, the it's just is, a manifestation of her you see those themes emerge right around that episode six where the gaslighting gets really heavy-handed i you can like see in her brain she's starting to slowly piece together what's actually going on 
And that's, again, that's where my problem started to start with that, is her just, like, completely shutting out any inkling that about what's it, going on. Is it more gaslighting or the sense of... Because if you, if you remember what happens, she just literally, like, has a... Like, she, her powers implode. And that's just, like... That could be inferred that that's how somebody of her caliber or power... T- like she's lost control of her powers but, uh, and she doesn't know but, that and by the time you get to the point where she's she's starting to realize things she still doesn't know it's her but she's willing to accept it because it's good it's better than accepting the the opposite which is vision's dead but there are missions there are parts of the specifically sh- I, I, so I just want to clarify I'm specifically referring to Wanda's conversations with vision where vision is like hey something more is going on here, like something's going on with these people. And you can see her start to kind of figure it out, but completely shuts him down and shuts him out and gaslights vision specifically. That's what I'm talking about yeah. here. She's aware that it's happening. She doesn't know how it happened. She, she yeah, yeah, she doesn't know how. And she's she doesn't know she did back it. In, like, like your credit, like you're saying, Frank, she's willing to go back into the trance of sort of like... Yeah, going it's a stage of grief. Okay. Well, yeah, no, it's not... And I think, like, her... What she was specifically doing wasn't trying to, like, gaslight him. It was more like she was trying to convince herself that everything was fine. She's just like, no, everything is fine. Like, everything is great. Like, we are in, a like, a place that we're super safe and everything is fine and you're not dead. And I didn't lose my entire family and I didn't lose, like, everything I thought I loved and cared about. This is our life. This is our life. Like, everything is fine. And it's so, like, yeah, like, the way that she was coming off is, like, trying to, like as you put specifically like gaslight him but at the same time it was her trying to convince herself that everything was fine because like trying to push like her issues underneath a rug which shockingly was putting pushing her all of her problems underneath of a dome she convinced she didn't know one at the beginning she didn't know like you said she didn't know anything was happening and then she started to realize what was happening and then she was thinking like well me convincing myself like if i was her me trying to convince myself, like, hey, everything's fine. Everyone beneath the dome is okay. Everyone here is safe. Everyone is protected by me. So I'm okay. They're okay. Everything is fine. And then she has this constant, like, internal struggle, which you kind of see. By the way, if you don't want to hear any spoilers, because I'm about to start talking about spoilers, just... You've already spoiled this. WandaVision at this <laughs> point. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. What I'm saying... Please put a warning. Yeah, we'll put, I'll no, put a warning what she specifically did was when, like, Agatha started to make her live through her trauma, mm-hmm. which was seeing her parents, <sighs> seeing, watching the show, which, by the way, I watched that Dick Van Dyke episode. It's, it's pretty up. interesting. Yeah. Um. So, like, seeing her go through that and then having to, like, go through all these steps of grief and having it, like, essentially pushed into her face was it's definitely... It's acceptance. Yeah, it's, it's acceptance. It's the final stage. Because, like, honestly, like, I know for, like, talking from my experience as someone who lost, like, my father figure and, like, people that were really close to me, like, you try to, I, honestly, I didn't handle it very well. I tried to push it through, like, try to, like, push it down and then, like, watch content. Like, I used to, like, binge more shows than I could even count and then just do whatever the fuck I wanted and I didn't really specifically care. And with her, it was trying to build this, like, comfort. And did it affect other people? Yes. But 
in a way, that's how some people handle their trauma. And I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not condoning it by any stretch of the word. But when you think like, hey, everything is great. Like, I might be treating you like trash, but everything is great with me. So everything is fine. Or it's trying to convince others that like, well, this is the particular path. Everything is great. Um, and I think the way that she was doing it was more on the lines of trying to convince herself in the long run. Was it okay? I don't think so. But at the same time, she definitely needs to talk to somebody, <laughs> which I think was yeah. essentially her, like, going, even though Agatha's the worst, but I love her song, like, pow all the power to her, like, her trying to face it, like, Agatha was evil, but she made her face her problem. She's just like, this is what you're doing right now. Sit down and you're going to go through all of your trauma and we're going to figure out how you ended up here. Um, and Absolutely. Yeah. And like, I, I have no problem with how they portrayed Wanda going through her grief and processing her trauma and repressing it. Like the way they did that was great and, you know, can be super accurate and it's you know, something so many people experience, and it was great to see that portrayed. I just felt like the, the show was trying to excuse that behavior, and that was the vibes I was getting from the show. And so that's where my problems were. Like, her actions and her characterization 100% felt, like, genuine and valid, and how she would experience her trauma or n attempt to not experience that trauma. But when the show started to be like, hey, look, it's okay because she has trauma that she did all of these things, that's when my problems with the show started to happen. I definitely think that – I think you can be both right and wrong on that. I think it's, it can go both ways because I certainly didn't see that way. I very much like this is a fucking problem the whole way through. But I can totally see how the show could kind of like be hand-wavy and it's like – Oh, it's a little bit of this, mm -hmm. and then now we're, mo we're moving on. I can totally see how that can come across. Um, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Man, was it fucked up, though. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> they treated it as though, like, she was, like, the living epitome of It's Quiet Uptown from Hamilton. Like, <laughs> they just, like, have yeah. pity on her. And wave. Like, exp yeah, explain, like, just recognize. And I think that's almost how, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. handled it as well. Which was, she like she went through shit, and then obviously they, like they detained people that they needed to, and then they're just like, we lost Wanda, but you know what? There's other things that we need to worry about, and she's gone through a lot. Should she have been detained? Absolutely. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I think, um, yeah. Honestly, that was that's uh, that's my TLDR. She was treated like it's quite uptown from Hamilton, and if you don't know what that is, go listen to it. It's a song, that's and that's the explanation of it. I, I do wish that they would do more for like that kind of stuff, but I just feel like when it comes to the MCU, finding that kind of like more, like trying to figure out what the problem is of, it's not the place to go. I feel when it comes to that kind of stuff, like but it I could be, it could, but There's I just so don't. Much potential. This is also, this is also <laughs> you guys. You you also have to know this is a Disney thing too. So like I don't see don't, them doing this. I don't kind see of thing. that to be true, especially about with when we just watched Falcon and Winter Soldier when it tackles some pretty fucked up things about. <laughs> no, no, no spoilers. No, I'm, I'm just telling you the themes. I'm just saying the themes. Uh, you know, and racism okay. in America. I just don't. Yeah. I don't believe that. I think that this is actually they're tackling things pretty heavy. 
uh, head on. And I think that overall, personally, to me, I think they did a good job, but I can see where people can have faults with it. I think that's just probably the mm -hmm. end all discussion, right? You can both, it can both be bad yeah. and good. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Does anybody else have any final closing thoughts about the MCU? Yeah. My favorite character is Howard the Duck. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he showed up in that post credits, he was great. And at the end, my of favorite, speak your truth. Yeah, yeah. my favorite speak character is the Redstone. <laughs> the Redstone. <laughs> the Redstone that All goes right? inside of Jane uh, Foster. That's weird. Yeah. How would you want that? Mm. That's my favorite character. I'll take it. Uh. All right. <laughs> all in all, hey y'all, guess what? The MCU is pretty. MC is pretty great. Who would have thought? I know, right? By the way, we learned that it's almost as if it's been around for ten years. It's almost like we learned that you were what nine when it started. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Iron Man came out in two thousand eight, which means I would have been nine years old. God. So just just let that sit with you for a little bit. Make you feel a little extra old today. God, I experienced every waking hour of every waking day waiting for each of these movies. And I watched most of them in a week. <laughs> like how I watched well, Sons of Anarchy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> On that note, thank you all so much for sticking with us through this crazy wild episode we have had today. Uh, before before we head out, before we go let the people know where can they find you what have you been working on what's going on i'm gonna kick it over to fee first what have you got going on well my goodness you can find me here you can also find me on twitch every so often and i'm trying to get back into that but you can find me on twitch and on twitter at ceranix which is found right here wait right down here um <laughs> and you can also find me on um, Speaking of Stadia, where I talk about Stadia, and you can hear all about my thoughts about what I talked about today, and me not trying to get a little bit more angry about it. Um, but yeah, you can find me in those places, um, and yeah, that's where what I've been doing. Uh, Frank, what have you been up to? Where can people find you? What's going on? Um... I was taking a small little weekly break from, from streaming because I wanted to play other games. Uh, but this week I will be streaming for sure, 100%. Maybe some GTA, maybe some Overwatch, we'll see. Uh, you can find me at Twitch at Kestrel1A. Uh, you can find me this week also at the Large Popcorn Podcast hosted by our good friend Iso Christian, at Iso Christian. Uh, where we'll be talking about some horror cool. movies. That's this will cool. already be this already be recorded and hopefully released by then. I want to hear but, this. Uh, by the time people hear it, but uh, we'll Ooh. be talking about um, some movies, possibly one of Evil Dead nature. Um, and then um, great movies, great movies. You can find me at uh, Point in Progress, where I don't tweet at point in progress and you can find me at twitter at kestrel1a <laughs> i mean do we or I, uh, I set an audio thing and it just does the thing now i don't have to do anything does it awesome okay uh you can find me at twitter where i post random clips of my games where i kill a man love that love that mm -hmm. all right where, what have you been up to where can people find you what's going on when all does this things. go out uh... this goes out 
Monday through Wednesday. Yeah, your announcement is already announced Tuesday. by then too. It's already been done. Okay, Sunday okay. So Tuesday. you can find me. You can find me on twitch.tv slash beer in the hair. Uh, you can find me on twi- uh, youtube.com slash beer in the hair gaming. And you can find me on patreon.com slash beard in the hair, which my Patreon will finally be launched after all of this time. And I can, I'm so nervous. I was like, this is, bef- this is recorded before I was launching. And I'm very, very nervous at the moment. And I don't know, like, I am just like beyond nervous right now. And like thinking about it just makes me want to vomit. <laughs> It's going to be great. I'm calling it now. 100 Patreon supporters within a week. Let's do it. Let's put pressure on you. Oh, God. Don't do that. Lofty goals. Lofty goals. Oh, my God. Yeah, this would be posted after your announcement. So that's pretty exciting. So, like, I I have a goal for if I hit 100 patrons, I would do a weekly show of the news that's going to happen. That happens for gaming wise, and it's gonna be like a twelve minute, 10, 10 to 10, ten to fifteen minute video that I would post heavily edited and just kind of going through all the stuff and like yeah. that kind of type thing. So like, oh, I am nervous, but I'm excited at the same time, and uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So yeah, Patreon.com/slash Beer in the Hair. Hell yeah! Your banner right, looks Mario. Sick. The banner looks amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Fee. And shout out to to Craft for Gamer Lady for putting out the the tier images as well. So you both killed it. You both killed it. Very cool. I love that. I love that. Mario, what have you been up to? Where can people find you? What's going on with your life? I have, uh, when I'm not recording uh, me reviewing Mortal Kombat on my YouTube channel, I actually now am launching a full-on project. I actually dropped the trailer earlier this week, had a lot of people respond to that. It was really cool. And uh, I will be doing my new project, Halo Forever, where I will be playing Halo literally forever. I'm going to be playing level by level (laughs) with a guest every week, a new guest, up until the release of Infinite. And uh, that will be releasing on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Time. Where you can catch it, and the first episode, I already recorded a bunch of episodes, so it's all done, so that's awesome. Uh, It is going to be, the first episode is Peter Hunt Spitek, who is formerly of Dual Shockers, and uh, my good old buddy. So uh, definitely check that out, and uh, check out Peter's stuff. He's uh, he's newly left uh, Dual Shockers, and he's uh, a really rad dude. He's too good looking, and uh, he's a musician too, so uh, he can't be stopped. Literally, he cannot be stopped. And twitter.com slash that Mario Vera. <laughs> always, always. All the places. Alright, thank you again so much for following along with us. Again, I have been Sly. You can find me all over the internet at SlyCloneMC, etc, etc. Make sure to check out all of the Point Progress stuff. Our, all our socials, our YouTube. Subscribe on your favorite audio RSS catcher etc etc thank you all so much for sticking with us and as we say at the end of every single episode killed him progress has been made 